Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Teresa Rowe. To find out more about Shape by Faith and Teresa Rowe, please visit shapebyfaith.com or visit the YouTube channel, Facebook, or Instagram. And now, here is Teresa Rowe. Welcome to Shape by Faith, where we shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. I'm so excited about my guest today. Her name is Naomi Craig. She is an author of biblical fiction. She is an avid reader, a pastor's wife. She loves reading the Bible and imagining how things were at the time when she's not serving in various areas at church or trying to stay on top of mountains of dishes. I can relate. You'll most likely find her enjoying a good book and a cup of coffee. Naomi co-hosts Behind the Story with Naomi and Lisa, an author interview show on YouTube and your podcast platform of choice. She's also a biblical fiction. Here we go, Naomi. Aficiona. You just say it for me. (laughs) Biblical fiction aficionados Facebook group. (laughs) I knew I was going to mess that up. Yeah, I shouldn't have even spoke that. There you go. Well, welcome to Shape by Faith, Naomi. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It's such an honor to be here with you today, Teresa. Well, absolutely. Okay, so your life is packed full. Um, Obviously, I love my listeners to hear you know, just some background information on my guest and, and what you were doing when you were growing up. Like, what was your life like? Oh, well, I was um, homeschooled. I was raised in a Christian home and I was involved, heavily involved in theater. And I made the Jesus the Lord of my life at age four and then going into college. And, or I made him my savior at age four and then going into college, made him my Lord of my life. Wow. Um, at the age of four. That's incredible. Yeah. So I don't really remember it, but, yeah, but <laughs> that's you, what they tell me. <laughs> right. Well, then when you got into college, you drew yeah. um, into a deeper relationship with that's him. Right. So that's right. obviously you were raised in a Christian home, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So um, let, let's talk about your reading. Um, you know, you're a writer and you love reading. So when did that love for reading begin? Uh, you know, I've always, I've always kind of had that. I can't remember a time I didn't. Um, and that was actually, if I was being grounded, it was to be taking away reading. So, um, that's, are you <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> Seriously? Take away her so, books. Wow. <laughs> to take away the books. So that was, that was the punishment. So, wow. okay. So can you remember some of your favorite books from childhood? And I'm digging um, deep here. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Um, I know growing up, um, closer to middle grade, I guess, or teens, early teens, I guess, I would spend a week up at my grandma's, grandparents' um, place, and they'd always have The House of Winslow um, hmm, by, yeah. by Gilbert Morris. So it was historical fiction. They went from the Mayflower um, all the way up through the 1940s. I kind of lost interest. It's like more than a 45 book series or something. So oh, wow. Um, <laughs> so that one, uh, Jeanette Oak, I grew up with a Love Comes Softly series and, and stuff like that. So <laughs> Okay. 
Clean reading, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Reading. So when did you develop a love for really reading the Bible? Um, I always, I, I love the personal aspect of the living word, um, the hope and help for my life and finding little tidbits in the Bible that like little trivia, like, oh, did you know that there's an ax head that floated or, you know, stuff like that just kind of sticks in my brain. Right. That's pretty, that's pretty interesting. I think the, the Bible talk about historical fiction, it's not fiction, nonfiction, right. but wow, there's such a rich history and, and we can learn a lot just from reading the stories. I think people think maybe those that don't read the Bible that either one, they won't understand it or two, it's boring. And it's, right. it's far from boring, you know. Um, right. Let's talk about some of your favorite authors to read and why they're your favorite authors. Uh, well, I'm in the biblical fiction world. Um, I love Misu Andrews. She just has such a deep um, study. She's Her most recent one is Potiphar's Wife. Mm-hmm. Um, she's done... Um, Isaiah's daughter and Isaiah's legacy. So she gets into like little known people and just really goes deep into culture and the scripture and um, just paints such a beautiful picture. And it's not always happy mm-hmm. because unfortunately there's, there's a lot happening in the Bible that isn't an easy, easy, clean read. You know, it's, it can be, can be pretty, right. there's slavery and a bunch of other stuff going on, but I just really enjoy her dedication to, um, to presenting the, to presenting the gospel and then adding in culture and fiction to give us a story that's, um, that's very honoring to the Bible. That's good. Okay. So obviously you've been in ministry a long time. So give us some lessons that you've learned and maybe some tips. Yeah, the, oh, absolutely. The, biggest lesson is that God is faithful. Like there's seasons where life doesn't make sense. It doesn't look what I like what I thought it should, but God's still there with me. Um, and I just would want to encourage your audience that it, hopefully what you're going through is just for a season. It's not, it's not the end of the story and God's going to be there with you as you walk through it. That's good. You know, this morning, um, I teach faith-based fitness classes and this morning the scripture was God sustains us. And, you know, I was talking to them about just remember what he's done for you and where he has brought you and, uh, just keep remembering that, you know, over and over and just thank him for that because he sustains us and he is faithful. Um, right. What are some of the challenges? Because I know we all face certain challenges. Everyone's maybe are a little bit different, but what are some of the challenges you face as a pastor's wife? Uh, I think for a while I struggled with who I'm supposed to be rather than what I thought or what others thought I was supposed to be. Um, I, I love helping and serving, but there was a time I didn't know how to say no and I didn't have clear boundaries for myself. So it was, it was something needed to be done. And then, you know, I felt obligated that I was the one to do it or, or even more specifically, like if my, um, if it was child related, you know, this directly affected my family, my child. So obviously it was mine to do, you know, and so, um, I've really in the last few years learned, um, to, 
to just give for what is best and not what is good all the time for me. Mm-hmm. So that's good. That's, that's a hard lesson though. <laughs> it, it is. It is. Um, because you're probably, you know, you're so, you're available to people and, and I'm sure that you get so many different situations and circumstances that come up and you're asked to do this and that. And there's only so much a person can do. And, and right. that's why we are the church, a body. Right. Yeah. Every part needs to be doing its own work. Yeah. And they're a part. Yes. How did you establish healthy boundaries? What are some ways um, you did that? So coming into our latest church, we've been here for, for four years. Um, we, there were already so many people um, committed and serving and actively serving in their different areas. Um, so I really had an opportunity to basically do a, a clean slate and um, just, just commit to one or two things or whatever. And, and now I've, and now I've, added sure but (laughs) you know and now I have a better I have a better way of uh, and it's nice like you said the church serving as they were called is it's a beautiful thing um and it's it really is without that it's it's one per you know a few people are doing the work but if if each person serves in the one area that they are gifted in or called to then it's 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 really beautiful to see that development we have about a minute left, so not a, not a long time, but um, I'm sure you, I mean, you are directly behind the scenes in a church. You see it all. You mm-hmm. hear it all. How how do you filter all that out? Because I, I think sometimes we can have, you know, ideas if, if we run into situations and we may get bitter, you know, yeah. if something happens. How do you deal with that with 30 seconds left? <laughs> <laughs> we can continue uh, it. <laughs> uh, I think, um, you know, just having that realization that people are human too, you know, it's um, just to, to love on the people because they're going to go through, maybe I hear the worst of it at times or, you know, my husband does. And so I'll, I'll you know, just helps to remember that they're, they, they're sinners needing grace just like I am. That's good. Well, let's take a break right here. We'll be back with more Shape by Faith. Everyone stay tuned. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. My guest today is Naomi Craig. She's an author of biblical fiction, and she does so much. Um, she's very involved with their church. Uh, she's a pastor's wife. She loves to read, and um, she writes biblical fiction. So, Naomi, what do you enjoy most about writing biblical fiction? I love taking the tiny, tiny little bit mentioned in the Bible that we have and exploring what is the culture behind this or why did this person make this decision or, or what, what 
could have led them to this place in their life. Um, I feel when I'm reading the Bible, it feels so linear sometimes, like this happened, this happened, this happened, and I don't know if I know where the place is. Okay, moving on. You know, but to see, <laughs> to see this person as a real person with real struggles, as opposed to just a name and a genealogy, that's what um, I love about biblical fiction is because they are real people. And there's nothing new under the sun. So they would have struggled with some of the same things that we struggled with now, you know, mm-hmm. and um, just to see that God is present for them even back then. That's good. How much research do you have to put into your writing? Um, so first and foremost, I'm going to read the scripture account um, without with going through the different parts of this person is mentioned. And then I'm going to... Um, if I can, I'll start even with Google to find out what's, what else was historically documented. And then I'm going to, um, like, for example, my most current book, Ezekiel Song, um, that takes place during the Babylonian Empire. So then there's a lot of records that are documented in Babylon, Babylon, um, the Babylonian records, I believe is what it's actually called. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's extra biblical sources, there's Josephus, there's Jewish traditions. Um, so I can kind of take first and foremost, the scripture and then kind of add in the history that's happening, um, inside the world and then, uh, you know, tie it all together and hopefully make it a, a story that is relatable. So that, that probably takes you some time, doesn't it? I mean, you're researching, you're reading. I mean, you have to, uh, to write what you're writing. So, um, tell us about your first book that you wrote. My first book was Rahab's Courage. It was published in, um, 2021. And that one as a first book, um, is, was a lot longer. Um, that one was probably about three years and then a year for publication, so, um, and then my second one, um, Ezekiel song, that one took 18 months plus a year for the, the cover design and the edits and stuff like that. Um, and then my third one was right about a year that I was able to turn that one in. So I'm getting better. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting a little faster, <laughs> but wow. I mean, that's pretty amazing that you can, I mean, 2021 and then your second and then your third, um, yeah. I would say that's quite an accomplishment. So What's the most difficult part of writing a book? Um, you know, for me, I, I really like having, um, all the details. So if, if I'm trying to plan out my book and where it's going to go, um, and I don't have an idea, then I, at some, when I come to that, then I'm like, Oh no, I don't know what's going to happen. And it's terrible. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, if you're writing the first draft, you just need to, get something down. It's a lot easier to edit and to say, okay, well, let's improve this uh, scenery or let's do this emotion or just write something. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Let's just write. Well, do, do you have a group of people um, that will give you input and encouragement along the way and, you know, give you that constructive criticism? I do. My, um, my critique group is fantastic. It's fellow authors, um, Donna Elaine and Tabitha Bolden, Lisa Renee and Sarah Beth Williams. Um, and none of them write 
biblical fiction per se, but we just love story and we love God and um, we just, each one has their strength. And so we'll, we'll take a month and submit something to the group and then they give feedback. And so then you apply that and it's just, it makes the story so much richer because they call me out on my bad habits and they also, (laughs) (laughs) they also encourage me to be the best, um, to write the best story that I can. So it's, it's really a fantastic group of ladies. You know, I think that's, uh, that's pretty amazing that we all need that group of people, um, you know, yes. you call them your critique group, whether you're exercising or writing, whatever you're doing, uh, we don't need to be lone rangers out there. Right. We, we need to find a group of people. I, th- I think a lot of people may may think, well, I can't trust that person or maybe they'll take my ideas or do you ever deal with any of that or not? Um, not with my group. I'm, I'm really so fortunate the Lord put us together. Um, and they were just the right time at the right, um, right place. And it was just really a, the Lord just brought all of us, all five of us together. Um, and so like maybe it helps that nobody else writes in biblical fiction. (laughs) They're not going to be stealing my, no, we want everyone else to succeed. So it's, it's, we're cheerleaders for each other. So that's never been, um, that's never been a concern. No. Well, and I think, you know, um, as you pray, God brings those people into your path. If you're praying, if you're not praying and you're just like, fishing and, and trying to grab people in. I think it's real important that we seek God and his wisdom and he will provide the people, right. you know, that need to be right. within the group. So what's the process for getting your book noticed by a publisher? Oh, oh that depends on what your goal is. Um, there's several different ways you can go. You can go for once your manuscript is complete, um, which depends on how fast you write. Some people try to choose to acquire an agent and then the agent will start querying the big publishing houses like Bethany House or Waterbrook, Multnomah, Tyndale. Um, and then you go from there. Um, another option is you can go to a small publisher, which is what I've done. Um, that doesn't need an agent, but still you're, you're trying to sell your story, mm-hmm. whether that's to the agent or to the publisher. Um, you're trying to sell your story and that depends on whether they have space in their queue or if they have a need for it or if they see that this is going to be a marketable book. Um, a lot of people are also really successful doing independent publishing. Um, it's kind of got a, a bad, uh, reputation, I guess, because with the way Amazon has it is anybody can publish. So I think Mm. um, when it first started, it was, you know, it could have been a book that was poorly formatted or, or whatever, and it didn't look professional. Mm -hmm. So, but now there's so many, if you're taking care of how you're, how you're, how you're making it and you treat it as a business, then I think there's people who do really well um, independently. So you just kind of have to learn the industry. Is this a good popular um, thing that's going to sell whether you do that um, yourself or through others? How would you encourage someone that's writing, you know, they just started writing and maybe they're a little discouraged and they do want to have their work published, but how would you encourage them? Um, just keep doing the best you can. Um, it is a long process. It's not necessarily a, an overnight success thing. 
Um, you write the best story that you can, get it in front of other eyes. If you're, if you're fortunate to have a solid critique group, um, do the best you can after their, after their suggestions, get it in front of more eyes and then, um, and then just send it out there and do your best and then start writing the next book because it, it does take a while. Um, there's a, there's a year in between each publication. So there's, they want to see that you're, you're ongoing and you're not just having the one book. Okay. Uh, you have, we have a, like one minute left, but do you recommend attending writing workshops? Um, so I've, you can find a lot online. Um, I have attended one official writing conference, but I've done so much on YouTube. You can find if you're looking for a plot structure or a character, um, there's podcasts and YouTube that can really help you, uh, at a really cheap, inefficient or inefficient, uh, manner. Um, okay. so I would recommend, yes, learning as much as you can. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, I would love to hear about your Behind the Story podcast. So everyone stay tuned for more Shape by Faith. Hey, it's... Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Empowering people out of poverty, helping kids to shine, there's nothing quite like it. In World Vision, we want every kid everywhere to grow into who God created them to be. And we know that you do too. Learn more at worldvision.org. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. Naomi, I love hearing your story and what you do. And um, just knowing that your work is reaching so many people out there. And uh, thanks for all those tidbits on how to get your book noticed by a publisher. Uh, now I'd love to talk about your podcast, Behind the Story, with another author on YouTube. So tell us about it and how you got started and why. Yeah, so um, I co-host Behind the Story. It interviews authors of Christian or Sweet and Clean um, fiction with um, one of my critique partners. I already mentioned her, Lisa Renee. She's from Australia, so that's always a fun, um, a fun thing to hear her talking. And um, what we do is we we pull on. So she writes romantic comedy. And I write biblical fiction. So we tried to, <laughs> you wouldn't think that would have a whole lot in common, but, um, we, uh, try to, we try to get romance authors or historical. Um, so it, it meets the needs of our readers as well, but we, we will have put out content twice a month. Our primary focus is on YouTube. Um, we are interviewing these authors about their latest books. Um, and, what their process was and how they got there and just helping promote other authors. So it's really amazing to do that. Um, and we, we love hearing, um, why the books are so special to them because books are, are very much a part of the author's life, you know? So when you're hearing about that, you're also hearing about, um, about them. So it's getting to know the authors and I've made some, some lifelong friends doing this, this YouTube channel. It's amazing how God uses technology 
you know, mm-hmm. for his glory and to reach others for Christ. And how awesome, Lisa Renee, in Australia. And where are you located, Naomi? I'm in Arizona. I'm in the southeastern mountains of Arizona. Oh, beautiful. Okay. So, wow. And just how you can connect just like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what are you, what have you learned through interviewing other authors? Well, I'll tell you, my to be read pile has gotten kind of out of control. <laughs> uh, I've uh, I've just learned lots of good techniques personally for writing and marketing, developed friendships, um, and and just I just enjoy hanging out with the people and and getting to know about them and their books. So, how long is your podcast? Like, do you go a certain amount of time? It's usually about um, twenty to thirty minutes or so, mm-hmm. um, and it's a Zoom interview. So we have we have a video um, as well, so you can you can just really kind of feel like you're sitting and chatting with us at, as we as we talk to our author friends. So neat. Okay, so why don't you tell us about some of your other books that you've published? Uh, yep, my latest one, Ezekiel's Song, covers the prophet Ezekiel, um, and the Bible actually mentions he has a wife. Um, so it's how the bizarre prophecies and symbolisms that God asked of him affected his everyday life. Um, and so it's it was a really unique one, I guess you could say. Um, mm-hmm. And because who reads Ezekiel, right? Like it's, there's so much going on in Ezekiel. It's, it's, um, the prophecies for Jerusalem at the time. There's the prophecies that came true, um, already. And then there's like even the, the third temple hasn't come yet. So there's so much going on, but it, it's just wanted to see what was happening in the lives of the people who were affected by these rather bizarre prophecies. And then a lot of that will come in because, um, He's called it a prophet, and so it being in the ministry, a lot of that was a personal, uh, the personal part of me, you know, to mm-hmm. be a ministry wife. So um, that was my. That's the one that came out this this August, August twenty twenty two, and then um, last year was Rahab's courage, and that takes Rahab from the book of Joshua. She was a Canaanite harlot, and she um, sheltered Israelite spies. And because of that, her uh, she was welcomed into their community. And so just exploring what that might have looked like. And um, it's so beautiful to see. She was a mess. She was a hot mess. Mm-hmm. But um, she was accepted. She was put into the lineage of Jesus Christ. So uh, it's, it's, it's nice to see that God can use any, any level we're at and um, for his glory. Absolutely. She sure did put her life on the line too. Uh-huh. All for God. So how amazing. I, you know, I think when we read, um, scripture in the Old Testament, sometimes we don't even think about, oh, they had a wife. I wonder what was going on with her. And so you, you do have to dig deep and, and find out, you know, what does the word say? Uh, are you currently working on a writing project right now? Um, yep, coming next August. Um, I, I wrote about her name is Shaira and she's in First Chronicles 7. It's just a genealogy. She is a daughter of Ephraim, son of Joseph, and she is accredited for building three cities. Two oh, of wow. which are still, two of which still standing today. So, um, that'll come out next August. Uh, that's, so I'm excited about that one. 
That is that is amazing. Okay, so where can we find everything about you? The best place is at my website, naomicraig.com. On there, you'll find links to my um, my Instagram and Biblical Fish, Fiction Aficionados Facebook group. And also, um, if you're on my newsletter, then that's your best way to get all the information of what's coming up. And I also have a freebie for you. If you, um, if you subscribe, you get my, my novella about Balaam and his talking donkey. And that's called On Desolate Heights. Nice. Naomi, I think we could continue just talking and do another interview, but time is up. You've been such a pleasure um, to speak with today. And everyone go to her website, NaomiCraig.com. But thank you for coming on Shape by Faith. Thank you so much for hosting me. It's been an honor. Absolutely. And thank you for listening. I'm Teresa Rowe. Everyone have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to Shape by Faith with Teresa Rowe. Remember to visit ShapeByFaith.com to find out more about workouts, the TV show, podcasts, blogs, Shape by Faith products, and much more. From the Cabinet Doors and More Studio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.